You can't replace part of the brain. Like, you treat them the same. The source of truth for the medtech industry. Coexists with the province. Robot understands things automatically. Number one show in the medtech industry. So Stryker got ahead of that and changed in the 90s, built a billion dollar company that helped apply a lot of things. State of medtech with your host, Omar M. Khatib. Hey everybody, welcome back to the show. And I'm so excited about this one. I'm, I'm excited about all our episodes, but this one for a specific reason, mainly because um, uh, as many of you follow me on Instagram, um, you know that one of the big uh, hobbies I have is, maybe you can call it um, health optimization, maybe you can call it biohacking, um, but I'm, I'm so into it because I think whether you're an entrepreneur or especially you're a surgeon, a salesperson, where you have a job that is both physically and mentally demanding, optimization is so important and I, I think the more that we start to look at what we do as a profession very much like a professional athlete the more we can uh do and optimize and for that reason i had my very good friend mark dama come on the show mark and i are actually part of the same inner circle mastermind group and he is essentially a uh, entrepreneurial coach that helps entrepreneurs increase their energy focus and productivity so they can grow their businesses faster without burnout. Um, and so on this episode, we talk about a lot of things in terms of optimizing sleep focus, the things you should eat, should not eat, and more. So let me give you a little bit of background on him. Uh, Mark is a high-performance health and mindset coach for entrepreneurs. And through his popular Facebook and Instagram and YouTube channel, he shares advice on how to look, feel, and perform at your best uh, with over 32,000 people across 20 companies, uh, 20 countries, that is. He focuses on helping people look and feel and perform at their best by optimizing their health and mindset. So he brings a wealth of knowledge to his clients, which includes 17 years of experience in optimal health, including being a men's fitness model and health coach to A-list celebrities and executives. He has a master's degree in positive psychology under the famous flow professor, Dr. Mihaly She's she's a she's a Mihaly. I I know I I messed that that up. But if you read the book Flow, which is the first real seminal uh, publication on flow state, that was Mark's uh, mentor and professor, um, who teaches his clients the science backed proven techniques to feel happier and experience higher levels of well being. He gained executive coaching skills from the royally knighted Sir John Whitmore, the founder of modern day coaching. And he's also a certified neuro linguistic programming practitioner, otherwise known as NLP, and certified by the American Board of Hypnotherapy to literally program his clients to be successful. And many of you are very new to this, and you might be wondering, like, hypnosis, is that those things, they absolutely work. I've actually gone through one of Mark's uh, hypnotic uh, meditation um, uh, practices, which was really something else. And the best part is that, big shout out to Mark, he gave us a lot of great uh, free assets for our listeners. So um, you can check the show notes below, but many of you are driving. So here's the website. So the free daily action planner, go to superchargedentrepreneurs.com forward slash DAP. His free meditation guide is at superchargedentrepreneurs.com forward slash meditate. And a free coaching call with him. And I want to just be very clear. Mark is not one of those people who gets you on a free coaching call and tries to close you. He generally does this to help as many people as he possibly can. And in that process, if you happen to fit, which by the way, he has a limited schedule. And so he doesn't take anybody, just anybody on. Um, he, he kind of screens people, but in that process helps people. So if you're interested to get just a free coaching call with him, I highly recommend it, especially if you're an executive or entrepreneur, go to superchargedentrepreneurs.com forward slash apply. And lastly, <clears throat> 
for many of you though, many of you who have inquired about my program, the Medical Sales Network Effects program, we have a really big announcement to make. So something that's happened over the last couple of years is that we've had hundreds of people go through the Medical Sales Network Effects program, uh, from sales reps to VPs to CEOs to learn how do you sell and scale um, product adoption using things like LinkedIn and email. Well, the interesting thing that happened is that I started getting approached by uh, CEOs and recruiters asking me to recommend people from my program. And of course, because of my platform, I also get reps and even VPs who ask for my recommendation. The problem is I can't recommend just anybody if I did not work with you. The number one way for me to recommend you is actually going through my program. So I'm making my program a way for me to help place people into really exciting early stage companies. And even if you happen to be at a larger company or a company you're very happy with, many times I go in my program to pull people as uh, consultants on certain projects where I, I do pay for that. And so if you're interested in not only to level up your career and your skill set, but also put yourself in a position to get exposure to new opportunities, whether it's a career, a new you know role in a startup, or even just to make some extra money on the side being um, one of the uh, consultants on my projects, go check the show notes below and you get a special discount for joining. So with that being said, let's get on to our episode with Mark Dama. Enjoy. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the show. Now, one thing I've always talked about is that, in my opinion, not just salespeople, but especially people in medical device sales are very much like athletes. You know, it's a very rigorous job, aside from the fact that you're selling to probably and arguably the most, you know, the most intelligent people on planet Earth, which are surgeons. It's a very physically demanding job. And I very early on in my career realized the importance of self-optimization in order to perform at the highest level. That means uh, not only working out and you know eating healthy, but you know how do I manage stress? How do I uh, manage my sleep schedule? All these different things. And so uh, in the last few years, biohacking and high-performance coaching has really exploded. And so there's a lot of people out there, but very few people that I felt comfortable just inviting on my show because in my opinion, there's a lot of people who just don't know what they're talking about, but they are touting themselves as biohackers or high-performance coaches. Uh, my good friend Mark Dama is one of the people that I look to for the best advice and best protocols in terms of high performance. He's a high performance coach for entrepreneurs and C-suite executives. He essentially teaches them not only how do you uh, sustain a high performance lifestyle, but also the biohacking, nutrition, and all the protocols that go along with that. Um, so Mark, thank you so much for joining the show. How are you doing today? I'm doing great, Omar. Thank you for inviting me onto the show. Oh, it's my pleasure, man. I'm, I'm glad we can make this work finally. Now, for those of the listeners that are just learning about you, and again, um, I'm leaving some great resources for them in the show notes, so be sure to check that out. Also, your Instagram, at uh, Mark Dama, is fantastic. I think that's your Instagram handle, right? Yep, I'm Mark Dama. Also, YouTube, typing Mark Dama, YouTube videos. I really like your content. I always, I, I'm always checking it out and and getting a lot of uh, insights from it, just for my own protocols. But for for those who are just going to know you uh, outside of the intro that I just gave, can you give a little bit of background on yourself? Yeah, so I've been working with entrepreneurs, executives for the last fifteen years. I started off back in London, and um, my bachelor's degree is in sports science and physiology. Wanted to be a professional rugby player, got a lot of injuries, put an end to that. So I became a personal trainer because honestly, I didn't know what else to do. So I became a personal trainer and I just happened to get a lot of entrepreneurs as clients. And one of the things that helped me is that I was a fitness model as well at the time, this back in the UK. So I was in men's, men's fitness. So I had a bit of a name for myself and I attracted a lot of business owners and executives. Well, while working with them, I started to apply what I learned from sports science and physiology about how to optimize an athlete 
and applying it to my executives and my clients. And so thinking, well, how do I optimize this athlete? And I consider them a decision-making athlete. Got to make a lot of great decisions over and over and high energy um, focus, of course, so they can stay productive, grow the businesses faster, um, make more sales, et cetera, et cetera. So we started to break down what goes into high performance. How can I get these athletes performing at the best? Um, doing that for a few years in London, moved to the United States to get a master's degree in positive organizational psychology. This is all around high performance individuals and teams, and especially looking at the psychology, because I really felt that piece was missing. And that's what I've been doing the last 15 years, helping entrepreneurs, you know, going from feeling fat, stressed, tired to fit, focus, energized, so they can grow the business faster without the burnout. Yeah, that's fantastic. And, you know, I know we got a lot to cover, but something I want to share with you that you uh, inspired me about is, you know, you, you, uh, when one of the talks that I saw you give, you talked about how uh, Sir Alex Ferguson, the, you know, legendary coach of Manchester United, one of the sort of uh, innovative things he did way back in the day when it was not a thing was introduce the importance of like recovery and nutrition for the athletes. Right. And so uh, for me, you know, that kind of spurred my interest more. I've always been int interested in recovery and better sleep, but, you know, I kind of gave it more thought and there is um, a book by James Lore called uh, mental toughness training. He talked a lot about recovery. And so last week for Hawaii, I, I took my family on vacation for a week. And so I said, you know what? I'm not doing any work this week. I actually put the podcast on pause, which we haven't done in a year. And I was like, there's no point in publishing episodes this week because people are, you know, on vacation stuff. So I took a full week of recovery and I came back very energized, highly engaged and like ready to go. And I think that there's this misconception in entrepreneurship where it's like, you just have to grind all the time, 24 seven, which again, like some of the greats, a la Elon Musk, or maybe a Steve Jobs, etc. Like they did do that. But I'm not Elon Musk or Steve Jobs, you know, like, you know, not that's and it's just not and, and while they were successful, I don't know if I want their health. I mean, Steve Jobs died of pancreatic cancer. You know, and interestingly enough, he uh, I, I'm reading his book by Walter Eisen. He even attributed the reason why he think he got cancer was during the time where he was running both Apple and Pixar and he was just running back and forth. And he was just like, by the time he got home, just beat. And he's like, that's he's like, I think that's when it happens, you know. And so maybe a good place to start is um, I don't know. I, where do you want to start? Morning routines, going to bed. I mean, what, for, for most executives, what, what, what part of their day in life should they look to focus on improving first? So I'll definitely answer that, Omar. And um, before I do, um, I, I have a question for you. I'm curious. I want to agree with you. Yes, like there's, you can work 24-7 all the time and burn yourself out, but there's going to be sacrifices you got to make, whether your health is going to be one of them, but also your relationships, you mm -hmm. know, your, your, your relationships. If you're trying to keep a marriage together, then... Probably not the best idea to just be working all the time and have no energy for your spouse. Um, but I'm curious, Omar. Also, if you're a parent as well, you can work all the time and not be there for your kids. Plenty of people do that. It's just, what do you want out of your life? You know, I'm someone who encourages my clients to be the best they can in all areas, you know, in business, in your health, and um, in your personal life, where you've, in your relationships with your kids. And you can do it if you're strategic about it and plenty of organized. So I'm curious, Omar, what did you do to recover on your week off? Ah, 
It's a great question. So for the week that I, for my recovery, I did a few things aside from like spending really good quality and quantity time with my family. Uh, so I took my wife and son. So we went to Hawaii. And so um, one is not spend it in front of a computer. I think I opened my computer just once to answer, answer something. It was kind of urgent. Um, but other than that, uh, time away from the computer, because I, I feel like there's not a lot of studies on the effects of computers on human beings because it's, you know, it's only been a phenomenon the last like decade or two. Um, but I feel like they do drain you, you know, so staying away from that, getting uh, out in nature. Um, uh, I played uh, like three rounds of golf, you know, different courses. But I think like um, a big part of it, Mark, was just allowing myself to disengage and letting just letting my my body my mind kind of flow as to what what's needed you know it's almost like i think there's value to um having childlike uh activities you know like i think it's a good idea to do a bunch of things until you get bored right or you know so i think that that was like the main thing and uh, aside from that i took some books um all unrelated to business and just like read you know so it was like you know get some sunlight get some nature do some fun things, do things that have nothing to do with business and just allow my, my mind to kind of have fun doing, you know, solving some other problems, right? Like scuba diving, right? And playing golf. You know, I think that that was, that was how I, I recovered. And obviously like the other thing is just like really focusing on like good sleep habits and everything and not like, you know, I didn't drink alcohol that week. I didn't uh, like eat like, a, like crazy, you know? Yeah, I do. Play sounds like a great week in Hawaii. <laughs> it was awesome. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, talking about recovery, I think a place that people can start is scheduling recovery. Scheduling recovery. Now, Omar, I know you've got um, you've got a young son, and if what a, and what a lot of entrepreneurs or business people tend to do is they don't necessarily schedule their time off. So on the weekends, for example. Um, I had one of my mentors, he was a professor, Dr. Mihaly Csikszentmihalyi. He wrote the book Flow, and he was one of the founders oh, of yeah. um, Positive Psychology. I didn't know that's one of your mentors. It's a great book. Yeah, I was fortunate enough to – he was a, my professor at Claremont where I went to get the master's degree in positive psychology. So I was fortunate to actually know him personally. And one of the things that he really recommended was that people scheduled their time off to optimize – for recovery, relaxation, for fun, for play. And a lot of us don't do that. You know, if you're working, you know, if you're working, if you finish work at five o'clock, four, five, six, seven, whatever, most people may schedule the work day, what they're going to do, but they won't schedule afterwards what they're going to do to relax. Same with the weekends. A big thing that someone can do to quickly improve their recovery is by scheduling what you're actually going to do on your weekend to recover, to relax. And getting outside, playing, having quality time with the family, staying off screens, staying off mobile phones, just taking time to chill, not think about work, not even reading business books, just, just doing stuff that you like to do, childlike play, like you said, that is a, a great way to recover. So scheduling what you're going to do hour by hour to have fun. Another part piece of it is actually scheduling vacations. Scheduling vacations, <laughs> scheduling your weeks off, scheduling your weekends off, scheduling what you're going to do. 
setting me, limits on working basically let me let me ask you is that something i've been again super i would say like i so i track i track my myself i have a whoop device so and the main reason i got it was for recovery for like sleep and everything something i struggle with mark is to figure out what's the good i know everybody's different but i wonder if you have like a a baseline protocol that you recommend in terms of how do you schedule recovery so for me on the weekends i try not to do much work but i feel like that's not a like a real recovery and so i'm trying to figure out like okay once every month or two months or something for sure i schedule a three or four day span like maybe a take off thursday afternoon all the way through sunday and you know have a recovery right and yeah. i know some people they do it every six weeks and, every, and I, I wonder like you know for my audience i mean especially the medical sales people they are just grinding like really like working hard how how do you think about that like you know what what would what would your recommendation be i like every six weeks that you take a three day three days off so you take your friday saturday sunday off which is hard for people it's hard for people to take time off that means not checking your phone not sending emails like taking time off like not doing any of these things and making mm -hmm. sure you're scheduling it with with fun things you can do to rest and recover otherwise guess what's going to happen you're gonna, yeah, you're gonna work. You're gonna end up working. <laughs> and I've always, I'm always, I've almost come to the conclusion that uh, when I schedule this time off, like if I, unless I, if I don't take my family, we leave and go to another city, that I need to be doing something during those days where I'm guaranteed I'm out of the house and I can't do do work. And I think you, you have a very good point, which is like if you don't schedule it, they just don't get done. So like one of my action items now as a result of our conversation is the weird week, I call it the twilight zone week where from December 25th to January 1st, no matter what you're trying to like, you try and work, but like not much is done because everybody's checked out. It's just a weird week. So I've, I've kind of thrown up my hands. I'm like, I'm taking off that whole week. One of those things that I'm going to do though is for 2024 is just go through my calendar and every six weeks, no matter what it lands on, it's like, boom, three day weekend, you know? Yes. Yes. You know what? I, and um, I'm going to take my own medicine because I, I've been guilty of not always doing that. But actually, as we talk, I've got my six-year-old daughter. We I have a full like wall calendar of the year. And right now she's um, putting all the dates in for me for next year. So I'll make sure oh. I do. I'll make sure I do the same thing. <laughs> That's great. I love it. So, um, so so other than the like six, oh, sorry, you're, you're saying something. Yeah. So what I like to recommend is every six weeks, take a three-day. Every, and then every 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 six months, take a week or two if you can. Mm. That's a, that's a, I think that's a, that's a good point. You know what about um, you know I think one of the other things is just like what you consistently do on a daily basis is so important for you know like I, the other side is that I don't want you know if you do a bunch of bad habits and you grind yourself to the bone like and then every six weeks take those three days off that's not going to be enough so like what are your what are your most common recommendations for entrepreneurs that they do on a daily basis when it comes to let's let's kind of start in the evening for their sleep routine yeah okay well the first thing is to to set limits okay set limits on work if you're if you're a professional nowadays because we're all we've all got internet we have laptops we have phones we can take our work home with us. A lot of people work out of the home. Like you can always be work. You could work 24 seven and there'd still be more work to be done easily. That's why we must set limits. Very, very strict limits on what our work hours are. When are we not working? So 
for example, for me, I have a, I have a hard limit because I got three kids. So at 4 p.m., I got to go and get my son. Usually, my wife's got them today, so uh, my wife's getting them. But from 4 p.m., I can't really work, and I know I'm getting to bed. I like to get up early to get to work. I get to bed by 8:30 p.m. So from four till eight, I'm with the kids, playing soccer with them, you know, doing stuff with the kids, getting them fed, getting them to bed. And then I got to get my ass to bed real fast. I've got like 30 minutes to get to bed because uh, I'm up at 4.45. Um, I'm up at 4.45. I like to pray. Med- I like to pray and read, like read scriptures. And then at 5 till 6.30, I like to get an hour and a half of needlework. Just focus work. Everyone's asleep. Kids are asleep. Wife's asleep. I can just get some really focused work on things that are going to move the needle forward. Huh, then, you call, so you call that needlework? I call it needlework. It's like it's deep work, but with a very specific focus on something that's going to move the business forward. Hmm. How do you decide what that needlework should be? Well, it's usually related to the goals for the quarter and the week, and that's something that before the quarter, um, before the quarter starts. I recommend that you take time out to think, all right, if, if I only got one thing done this quarter, what would significantly move me forward towards a goal and then start from there. Hmm. So ideally with, you know, businesses, even professionals that it's great to have an annual goal and then break that up into quarterly chunks. And then from there you break that up into, okay, well, what do I need to get done this week? And then from there you can break it up into the day. All right. What's the one thing I need to do today to move me towards my quarterly goal? And so forth. That makes a lot of sense. And I think, you know, one thing that at least a lot of the professionals who follow me, you know, they work for companies and stuff. So they kind of rely on the company to set those things. And I, and I always encourage them that they also have to set it themselves, you know, because there's, there's going to be some things that are not related to the company goals, but it in, involves your professional advancement that I think they should do, you know? Well, there's that too. Yeah, that's, there's that too. So you could have your company goal and then your personal career goal as well. Um, and with a company goal, if you're if you're left to hit certain targets, then then each day you need to each quarter you need to know okay what do I need to do to perform, and then you can start thinking okay well what's what's one thing that's going to make it easier or necessarily to achieve that goal, and those are the the important work. It's usually the the work that's not urgent but you know is important. That's what I like to get done in these needlework types. Everybody has it in every, every, but every career, every, whatever you're doing, you, you know, that there's work that's really important. It's not urgent and it can get pushed to the side. But if you did this thing, it would help advance your career, you know, or hit your sales targets faster. Your business grows quicker, not taking focus time. And I, I recommend a, at least 90 minutes a day when you're starting off, get 90 minutes in. If you can get to three hours a day, then you're really winning a 90 minute block. And then another 90 minute block of focused mm. needlework, if you're doing that a day, then you're, you're really going to move fast. I want to get back to the, uh, to that, to needlework, but real quick, you know, so for you, um, you're better than me on it. Um, cause right now I get into bed around nine ish, but I'm trying to move it up to earlier because one thing I've realized, so like my son is, is young. He gets into bed by like seven thirty eight. A lot of time after that, like I'm not doing anything like one, I'm not working. Cause then I can't go to bed. So then in reality, like all I'm doing is like messing around. And so the one thing is, is for me to have the discipline and be like, all right, like time. And by the way, for people who are wondering, like, I also try not to read at night. I used to love reading at night. The problem is that when I do that, you know, I'm going to read only interesting things. And then my mind is going and my, my mind, unlike a lot of, I mean, some people 
they probably can relate to this. My mind's kind of like a Lamborghini where it's just like, it's just going. And so when I go to bed, you know, that's like one, one thing I've struggled with. Um, for you, you're, you know, aside from, I would imagine like no screens and, you know, perhaps maybe not eating. Do you have a protocol in terms of supplements you, you prefer to take? Like if you're dealing with an exec who's, you know, let's say like me, mine's always racing and you know, they're, yeah. they're high energy and stuff, but they just have a problem falling asleep. Like what are the, what's the uh, protocol you give them for like those three hours leading up to bedtime in terms of okay. like things they should do, things they should avoid, things they should eat, not eat, take. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Let's break that down. Omar. So the first thing is if someone's struggling to sleep, the very first thing I'm looking at isn't any supplement or anything. It's how much calories are they eating each day? Because if you are deficient in calories, if you're not eating enough, you're gonna feel what you're gonna feel wired at night. You have higher levels of stress hormone, really? cortisol, and that stops you going to sleep. And over the last fifteen years, that's the most common. That's the most common thing. That's the most common thing by far. Because not enough calories. The reason you know what the reason why I say that is, um, you know, for me, I don't do it all the time. I, I really try and listen to my body, but in, you know, for a lot of my audience, myself included, like you know. They do intermittent fasting, which I think yeah. is great, but then you're at a caloric deficit. And then um, I think, shout out, shout out to King Keto, our, our buddy, Brandon Carter. But uh, you know, he, he uh, inspired me just for like a week or two to carry the, the scale around and weigh all my food. I think at one point I realized I'm like, oh, like I'm not eating enough. And like, for me, it's just like a muscular thing. So I was like, oh, I gotta eat more. So, so if you don't eat enough calories, like, you, you end up getting wired at night. Can you explain a little bit more about that? Yeah. So we've, so a lot of people, so intermittent fasting, like you said, has become very, very popular. And for good reason, you know, if you, if you use intermittent fasting, it can help you lose weight. It can improve your um, blood glucose levels. So if you're pre-diabetic, for example, it can help improve your blood glucose markers and can also improve like your cholesterol numbers. It has all types of benefits under eating fasting under eating has all types of benefits the problem is if you do it too much and you chronically um, under eating then your body doesn't have enough calories so your stress hormone levels go up cortisol levels go up and when that's higher you don't feel like tired at night you feel awake or you will fall asleep but you wake up early really early and you'll, you won't be able to go back to sleep you'll just be wired when you wake up, it's because your stress hormone levels are higher. It's your body telling you, go and eat, go go out and find some foods. So the problem with intermittent fasting, and I did it for years, years and years, and I still do, but just not every day anymore, is especially if you're exercising a lot, or you're using your brain a lot, you're thinking a lot, and you're using a certain amount of calories. If you're anything over 250 calories, if you're having less than 250 calories, than what you need. So for example, if I need 3000 a day, if I'm having 2,750 or less, that can start to affect your sleep. Wow. So, I didn't realize it was like that sensitive, but it makes complete sense. I mean, for me, I've done like, uh, on rare occasion, I haven't done one in like a quite a long, quite a long time, but you know, I, every, I used to do like every quarter, like a three day fast. And the hardest part about that was after the first 24 hours, like going to sleep because my, you know, your adrenaline is, is spiking at night. So it was really hard to fall asleep, but I didn't realize it was so sensitive that with, if you're $200, uh, $200, 200 calories under deficit, that that can affect you. So I should say chronically, if you chronically, so uh -huh. if you're, if you want to lose weight, I recommend anything between 500 and 250 calories a day deficit, deficit, okay. Okay. deficit. 
However, if you're intermittent fasting, usually a lot more than that. Most people, I find. What would you recommend? Um, like, what's a good rule of thumb in terms of the amount of protein and calories you should intake? You know, like, do you have a per pound recommendation? So calories, the best way to figure out calories is by using an aura ring or a whoop band because that can track your movement what you do, and it tracks your heart rate as well. You put your weight, so it's pretty accurate on how many, how many calories you're burning. Even Apple Watch has apps. So using some type of um, health tracker is the best way to figure out how much calories you're burning. Other than that, there's lots of calorie cal- calculators online where you'll say what your activity is. And it'll give you a ballpark amount of how many calories. So you can say, okay, I'm sat at a desk all day, but I lift in the gym three times a week. It'll give you your height. You put in your height, your weight, and it'll give you an average amount of what your calories should be each day. Got it. So like, and so something like, let's just imagine that my calorie intake is 2,500. Like I should have 2,500 calories a day. But yesterday, you know, I went and played some golf. I did some working out. So I burned about 2,300 calories. So yesterday, I probably should be eating somewhere around 4,500 to 5,000 calories just to make up for that activity or? Well, what was your total for yesterday? Your total burn for yesterday? Total burned calories for, for yesterday was two, two, uh, oh no, 2,383. That's your total burn? Total burned, yes. Yeah, so if you're... So are you trying to lose weight, maintain weight, increase weight? I guess maybe maintain or lose weight, but like now now that it I now that I know it affects sleep, you know. As long as you're maintaining and like I say, having nothing less than two hundred and fifty calories um deficit, it shouldn't affect your sleep. Once you start getting to your five hundred calorie deficit and more, it can affect sleep. Also, if it's just one day, you're probably fine. But if it's chronically, then it then it's gonna have an effect. I think it's chronic for me because this is like how it is all the time. So I think, I think like, you know, I need to like check the amount of food that I'm eating. And during the day, I'm not eating like big meals either, you know? So, so aside from the calorie thing, what's, what's the next thing that you kind of uh, look into recommendations in terms of better, like a, a, a better sleep hygiene and, and protocol? Okay. Yeah, well, I'll speak to that and I'll answer your question. You asked me about like, um, how many grams of protein, for example? Oh yeah, and so go I'll answer that, and then I'll go to yeah, yeah your next question. More sleep. So, um, like a widely recommended amount of protein is one gram per pound. So anything between points point seven grams to one gram per pound of protein per day is accepted. If you're trying to build muscle, um, research shows that one gram per pound a day is great. So it's usually anything between point seven grams per pound to one pound. I I shoot, I shoot, I myself shoot for one gram per pound and I tell my clients to shoot for one gram per pound too. Simple, easy, it's been studied, it works really well, even if you're like trying to build muscle. So gram per pound a day of that. And then, so sleep. So once we looked at your calories, then it's, well, what are you doing before you sleep? So sleep really starts in the morning. So in the morning, are you getting out, getting sunlight in your eyes? Because that sets your circadian rhythm. That lets your brain know, like, oh, okay, it's the morning, the sun's, the sun's out. Okay, if you're inside all day or in the artificial light, artificial light will work as well, but it's best to get the sunlight in your eyes. How- if you can't do the sunlight, like one of the things for me, especially now because of daylight savings time, which I hope we get rid of, is I bought one of those um, sunlight uh, lamps that you just mm-hmm. turn on when you get in front of for a little bit uh, do you recommend using those if you can't get sunlight in the, in the absolutely, morning absolutely absolutely 
Yeah, okay. absolutely. And what's going on there in terms like why why the sunlight in the eyes? I'm a big I'm a big fan, by the way. I'm a big fan of golden hour, etc. Sometimes like I don't get out in time or I have a meeting and stuff, but tell tell us a little bit more about why do you want to get sunlight in the mor- in the morning? So the the type of light there's different lights, um, different spectrums of light come from the sun. One of them is blue light, and that's become popular nowadays because everybody's becoming aware that you want to avoid blue light at night. So you can wear blue light blocking glasses on your iPhone. You have a night shift where it turns the, the color of the screen slightly orange. Um, there's apps for your laptop and computer like um, Flux, F.Lux, which will turn your computer into an orange so this orange color is just pulling out the blue light. The reason we want to avoid blue light at night is because the blue light tells your brain, hey, wake up. It's the morning, like wake up. So don't produce any melatonin, which is a very powerful sleep hormone. Don't produce that, you know, start getting ready to wake up. So at night we want to avoid the blue light so that we can relax. If you avoid blue light at night when the sun goes down, once the sun's down, it's supposed to tell our brain, hey, it's time to go to sleep. Start relaxing, get tired, get sleepy, fall asleep. The um, artificial lights, the laptops, all the screens we're looking at, unfortunately, blunt that response. So we want to do the opposite in the morning. We want to get up. So it's really important we get the sunlight in our eyes that turns the brain like, hey, get rid of that melatonin. We don't need that anymore. You need to wake up. Stop producing that, that, that type of hormone and start creating all like wake up chemicals so we can get get to work and feel good. Got it. And that kind of sets our clock. So then the clock in our mind, our brain's clock is like, okay, this is the morning, you know, 12 hours later, 15 hours later, you know, it's like, okay, it's it's time to wind down. That makes sense. What about, you know, in the evening time, um, you know, and a lot of this, like I, this is why, you know, I, I love your content. There's a lot of stuff, those podcasts I've adopted and everything. But just for the audience to understand, so like at least in my home, I try not to turn on a lot of lights, at least in our kitchen. You know, we use like sort of ambient orange lights. In my bedroom, I use like red lights. So all my lamps and they're all red. Can you talk a little bit about the importance of that red orange color at night and, you know, how that relates to the mel- melatonin production? Also, if you can talk about the uh, funny glasses that people sometimes see. Yeah, uh, I got some right here. Yeah. So, um, these are blue light blocking glasses by a company called Swanick, Swanick Sleep. And um, you see the orange glasses, like as I was saying, when the sun goes down, we want to avoid blue light. We want to avoid the sun's rays or anything that mimics that, because that's going to help us produce melatonin in the brain. The more melatonin you produce in the brain, the faster you get to sleep, the deeper you sleep. And the more you fresh, you wake up in the morning because you've had a higher quality restorative sleep. Um, also, many people don't realize is that melatonin is an extremely potent antioxidant. So it protects you from cancer. If you're not getting much melatonin, you're at high risk of cancer. So when the sun goes down, you want to avoid these lights, which is why you use red lights, um, orange lights, red lights. But if you can't do that, you can just put some blue light blocking glasses on and then all of a sudden that's protecting you. So you take this off when the lights are out and you're just going to sleep. Got it. You know, and I, this a lot of this just kind of confirms my belief that, you know, of all the biohacks out there and everything, I just feel like if you're able to uh, solve and perfect your sleep and stress management, everything else is like, you know, ne- ne- negligible, you know? T- totally agree. Um, if you look at um, Brian Johnson, the guy who spends 
two million, two million a year, yeah. Yeah. yeah, on optimizing his longevity, on living longer. Um, if in case you don't know who Brian Johnson is, he sold his company, um, Pay, PayPal Vent, no, sorry, Venmo yeah. Bridge slash Brain Tree or something. That's like it, Brain Tree Venmo. He sold For like that nine hundred mil. Yes, exactly. And then he's yeah. since then he's been spending two million a year on optimizing on longevity. He wants to live as long as he can. And he publishes, him and his team of doctors publish everything that they're doing online. You can go to his website, brianjohnson.com. They publish everything, that, the blueprint.com. They, they publish everything that they're doing. And he says out of everything, sleep optimization is number one. Yeah. Specifically sleep consistency, getting to bed at the same time. And, Cause that's one of the main points of sleep optimization, getting to bed at the same time making sure you have a deep restful sleep. He says, that's the most important thing. And he calls it the lead, the lead domino or the lighthouse. He says, everything else around his schedule has to go around the sleep. That's the most important thing. And I think the more that you can adopt that mindset, the healthier and happier you're going to be. And it's tough. It's tough because that's not how we've been conditioned to believe, you know, conditioned just to hustle, 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 hustle till you drop. Yeah, and it's especially in my industry because you know we're working around surgeons and everything. People who are used to just like burning the midnight oil, but like if you can avoid it, I I recommend it. You know, especially when it comes to optimization. Now, uh, I want to bring up a little bit more of a controversial topic, which is there's a lot of controversy in terms of like uh, sleep cocktails and uh, different medications. You know, like some people are pro, like use a lot of melatonin; it's good for you know developing muscle and everything. Some people are like, do not use synthetic uh, melatonin; don't use this and everything. You know, what what's your take like on you know like so in medical when I was in medical school, one of the first things that we would prescribe patients over the counter if they had insomnia was Benadryl. You know, that, that can work for a few days, but are there some supplements that you recommend that people should take on a daily or nightly basis, like to optimize sleep? Uh, are there some that you can use to triage? Like if you're having trouble, you know, like, let's say you're overstimulated, you, you, you're stressed, you won't, you have bad sleep. What can you take in those situations? And what are some that you should absolutely avoid at all costs? All right. Good question, Omar. So the first thing is I recommend everyone take a blood test to find out what vitamins and minerals you're deficient in. So for example, there's a company called Bionic, B-I-O-N-I-Q. And through Bionic, you can get a blood test taken and then they'll send you personalized supplements based on your blood results. So I don't like to just, there are some supplements I I will specifically recommend, but first of all, you wanna make sure your bases are covered. And you can cover your bases by getting a blood test and finding out what you're deficient in, because that could be affecting your sleep. Once you know what you're deficient in, then you can get supplements to um, fix those deficiencies. So now you're no longer deficient in it. That is like a key hack that I recommend for everybody. Um, because if you're deficient in any vitamin or mineral, that can not just affect your sleep, it can affect your energy levels, it can affect your libido, your sex drive, it can affect your motivation, and it can affect your anxiety levels, depression, all to a whole a whole host of symptoms can come from being deficient in vitamins and minerals. So you might as well just get a test, find out what it is, supplement to make sure you're good. Now, and Bionic, B-I-O-N-I-Q, right? Yes. Are there, is there any other company that, that does the testing? So Bionic does the testing. And it sounds like that's their main way of like being able to upsell you like on supplements, which is okay. You know? They do. They're primarily a supplement company. 
So if you have, if you've got your blood test, so you can go to like Quest Diagnostics, for example, and um, you can order a um, blood test from their site, and you ship and you send um, Bionic what your results were. They'll create your supplements based on your results. Got it. Got it. And what are what are the uh, some like so some obvious ones like vitamin D levels and stuff? What are some other things that you you want to make sure that are in the blood tests that are, you're checking for? Magnesium. That's, that's like that's, the most common one that people are deficient in. I think after vitamin D. After vitamin D, magnesium. Yeah. Got it. Well, Got well it. most pretty much everyone's deficient in something because of our diets. Even if you've got a really good diet, um, it depends on the soil quality that you're getting the plants from, and you know the quality of the feed that the animals you're eating, like how much vitamins and minerals are in those plants, because that's all that's what we're getting, whatever so- we eat. So outside, outside of like doing a blood test, like evening time, mm-hmm. this is like different versions or types of magnesium that are recommended for sleep. What, what's the one that you, you like to recommend? So there are different types of magnesium. Um, I don't recommend a specific type, like there's magnesium citrate or there's another one I find it hard to pronounce. Maybe you can help me throw it. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Okay, the reason why I, I know is just because I, I recently got magnesium three and eight uh, to test it out because one of my physician friends, you know, likes it. You know? Okay. So, so magnesium three and eight, what, what, that's a good one. What I tend to do is if definitely magnesium, I usually recommend ashwagandha too. So, okay. ash, ashwagandha is, ashwagandha is, has been proven to be able to lower stress hormones. So it lowers cortisol. Interesting. So if you're dieting and you're struggling to sleep, ashwagandha is a good supplement to have because it actually lowers your cortisol. So you can and is that recommended in that you recommend doing that in a tea form as a as a as a pill? Is there a brand you recommend? There's a there's a particular type of patented ashwagandha, and it's called KSM. Uh, KSM sixty six. That's the one. Yeah. That's a potent form of it. By the way, for okay. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm brilliant. I'm like thinking of this off the top of my head. That's a, that's a potent form. Got it. Got Um, it. Other things common enough that like there's not like a specific brand you recommended. Like there's, okay. It's common. KSM sixty six ashwagandha. Is that something that you would recommend as like an evening time protocol or or to to be used as needed? I don't recommend any type of sleep supplement as a evening time protocol. Not even, not even magnesium. If you're deficient, if you're not deficient, you don't, you don't need to be taking it every night. That's a good point. You know, um, I just recommend that like, Hey, if you're, if you, if you're going to, if you can go to sleep, fine, don't take anything because then you don't want to get the psychological attachment. Oh, I've run out of my supplement. I'm not, I'm not going to sleep tonight. <laughs> you know, just if you're going to sleep, fine, don't take anything. If you're struggling, then have some ashwagandha. Another another tea I recommend is a valerian root tea. Valerian root, Valer- I've, I've heard. Valerian uh, root tea. What, what would you, um, I guess, like for those who are, you know, again, like high stress um, jobs in my in my industry, would you recommend them, you know, uh, doing, you know, having the valerian? Let's say, let's say the uh, the classic example, this is for all the trauma reps out there. Trauma rep goes in, covers a really difficult case, like, uh, late in the afternoon, comes home at like nine, 10 o'clock, has to be able to go to bed and wake up early, you know, 
you recommend them doing a Valerian Ruchi along with Ashwagandha? Some blue light blocking glasses as soon as it possibly could. Then I would recommend before you leave, before you leave work, having a Valerian root tea. Oh, maybe, no, because you might make you a bit drowsy. As soon as you get home, have a Valerian root tea, have some ashwagandha. Now, ashwagandha, you can be taking throughout the day. You don't need to take it just at night, so that it can help you stay calm and relaxed throughout the day. Um, personally, what, what I like to do is a certain tea, there's the sleep formulas that I like to use. Um, if I'm, if I'm, if I really need a big, deep sleep and I'm not sure I'm going to have it or if um, I'm struggling to sleep. So um, one of the formulas I use is there's one to Ian Stern relax one of his products. I like that product to go okay. to sleep. Um, that's a good product I can recommend. And then the other one is Dr. Parsley sleep remedy. So what I use is I usually use one of these when I need it. Dr. Parsley or Dr. Sloan, um, Dr. Stern's sleep formulas. Got it. Yeah. And I see those. I see. So you use those like when needed. Um, but then something that you can just have as a, as a nightly protocol is the Valerian root and the uh, ashwagandha. Yeah. Because like, like, I'll, like for me at least. So my current uh, protocol right now that I've been playing around with is like some version of a cocktail of like, uh, melatonin, theanine, and whatever else I will make relax. Right now, it's in the version of a of a drink. There's a um, shout out to Brian Manzano who had recommended this. Um, but the uh, drink is hold on, I'm in my Amazon here looking for it. Uh, here we go. It's uh the dream, a oh, true dream, T R U E R E A A M or A M. So two, yeah. So two dream is what I've been trying out, um, and it's pretty good. But the part, the thing that I don't like, I mean, and of course, like you know, magnesium at night as as well. The thing that I don't like is that I take Unisom, um, which is a over the counter pharmaceutical uh, for um, uh, for sleep, and it definitely like helps knock me out. But I don't, you know. I don't want to be using this long term, you know, and so I'm trying to like uh, supplement and change as much as possible, either through like you know a little bit more natural, organic stuff, uh, but if anything, like more lifestyle stuff. Like my goal is to get to a point where I don't need to be taking any of this stuff. Like my head, you know, hits the pillow, my body's like shut off. We're going to bed. Yeah, you know. Well, Omar, absolutely. You know, take supplements over the counter stuff when you need it, but ideally you don't want to need that stuff. So going go back to your point of putting your head down and getting to sleep, it's really important that you make sure that your bedroom is all you're doing is sleep and sex in the uh, bedroom. Yeah. You know, no TVs, no stimulant, no no phones, because you want your mind to associate that place with relax. Yeah, and I and and it's important, it's it's funny you mention that it's like even in my own house, I've kind of designed it to psychologically trigger certain things. Like, for example, when we, you know, we're going to move into a new house sometime next year, uh, I'm separating my library and my office because I don't do any reading in this room. When I come in this room, it's just work time. And so all, all these great books behind me, I don't get a chance to sit in this room and enjoy it. And I'm working in here. And equally so for the bedroom, like you said, it like your bed should be for two things like sleep and sex. By the way, for the audience, like, you know, this is an adult show. So just like, take it easy. 
You know, so I'm gonna get I'm gonna get some PSA uh, message from somebody who's like, oh, I don't know if that was appropriate. Okay, but yeah, look, look, we're all about sleeping sex for the bed, um, and even in my own bedroom, um, you know, I do some stretching and stuff and everything. There's a corner of my bedroom that, like, if I sit and I want to like read in the morning, I will. But in bed, I stopped reading in bed because, like, you don't want yeah, exactly. Like, you want you want your brain to associate it with just like two things, you know. Ideally, just one, but like you know, it's... <laughs> just one, yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, now, something I wanted to uh, ask you about is like, uh, what are some other things to like? So, one thing is falling asleep. What about staying asleep? What are, What are some of your recommendations for optimizing your environment and your your biology and physiology for staying asleep? All right, make sure your bedroom is dark as possible, dark as possible, pitch black. So if you've got any lights in your room, any electronics, keep them away from you. Ideally, don't have them. If you have to have them, keep them away and make sure you cover up any of the LED lights mm-hmm. with like um, black tape or something so there's no lights in the room, even little LEDs, none of it. Turn off your Wi-Fi. You don't want Wi-Fi in your room. You want any electrical, any electric magnetic, electromagnetic stimulation at all. You don't want any of that. Make sure the room's cool, okay? So... 70 degrees, 68, 66, you find your perfect temperature, but you want to be cool. Make sure the mattress is comfortable. When I first got my aura ring six, six, seven years ago, um, I realized I was waking up like eight times a night, eight, nine, 10 times a night. And I didn't really realize it. And um, I really, when I started to think about it, it's like, yeah, because I'm uncomfortable. I was always turning over. I'm just uncomfortable on the mattress. We got rid of the mattress and that solved the problem. Make sure the blanket is the right temperature. My wife, she she's cold. She likes to wear pajamas. Same blanket. Here, man. Yeah. This is a lifelong, lifelong, century-old struggle. Is like, what temperature should the home be? Um, so for those for those who share a bed, um, what what do you recommend uh, for 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 the bed? So for me, I have um, a bed jet, which just blows uh, cold air into a sheet. Um, you know, so it keeps me nice and dry at night and, and cool. But like, there's been some new ones. Like, eight sleep is the most common one. Yeah. Um. But I don't know. You know what your thoughts are on on any of that? I think eight sleep is great. I haven't upgraded to that yet. What what I have? My wife, she's got her set up. You know, I call it the castle of all the different blankets she has on top of her. And I have um, a thirty pound heavy blanket. So it's thin and cool, but super heavy. It's got like beads in it. So mm-hmm. it weighs you down. So I like the 30 pound heavy blanket. I'm nice and cool in that and sleep. Um, earplugs, especially if you've got kids. I mean, I give you anything, kids. Sometimes my do- we have a, an 18 months old, old and she's she's like in a, in a closet in our room. So sometimes she'll make like little noises at night. We've also got two older, a six-year-old and um, a four-year-old too. And sometimes my little daughter will make noises, just, you know, just noises like, uh and then she'll fall back to sleep. But if I don't have earplugs in, that wakes me up. I'm like, yeah, same why? Way. Yeah. Like, you know, so. I, I need to check the literature for this, but there, I did see some literature come out a few years ago where they said that your inner ear, your ear, inside your ear, you, you actually have light receptors huh. in there. I, I don't know how true that. I need to look this up, but like that's one of the reasons why like I don't have, I can't make my bedroom because of the way my windows are pitch, pitch black. So I wear a sleep mask to also cover my ears, you know? Oh. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. But that, mm-hmm. I'll go, go, keep going. Um, so we've talked about the temperature, we've talked about the comfiness of bed. We talked about 
so I've just been experimenting recently by using these little uh, bite guards that you sleep in. Yeah. So it's supposed to help airflow, more oxygen get to your brain when you have these bite guards and stop you from grinding your teeth. I've been experimenting with that. I don't know how great it's working just yet. I've only been doing it a few days. Do you, do you mouth tape at all? I did. I mouth taped for about 30 days. And I found that after that, I just breathed through my nose instead. So I didn't need to do it yeah. anymore. Because like, so for me, um, I had him on the show. One of my friends, Sam Mahmoud, has by far the best mouth tape uh, in the industry. It's called Better Mouth Tape. I don't know why all of them, they cover your mouth completely. His his just covers like this key area in a T-zone. Um, but I did notice like, I think like after you tape for a while, you just get used to keeping your mouth closed mm -hmm. at night. Mm -hmm. You know, but now the next thing that I'm, and I'm wondering what, if you use anything is optimizing airflow through your, through your, uh, through your nose. Do you use anything? Yeah. I use one of those nasal strips. What, which nasal strip do you use? I haven't used the nasal strip. I've used the ones that literally they're like circles that go into your nose and, and, and enlarge your nostrils. The problem is that they fall out. Well, you know? I'm going to recommend the brand I'm using cause I just got it off Amazon, some nasal ones, but it keeps like half of it will come off at night. So I'm not too happy with it. So uh -huh. it's not, I can't recommend it. I'm, I'm still experimenting with the right you ones. Know, uh, maybe this is something we should uh, help each other out. But but there's a um, there's a company, uh, and let me see. Uh, it's called, and it's I. There's a part of me where I was like, man, I wish I I thought about this. Uh, Alaxo, A L A L uh, A L A X O USA. So AlaxoUSA.com, and they essentially have. Uh, you know what a stent is? Yes. You know, like you see stents yeah. that go into like mm -hmm. arsenic. They have airway stents. These like literally they look like cardiac stents, but they go into your nose and you expand them and they open up. Right? Oh. Yeah. The only, my only my only thing about this is that like, will this work? Maybe, but like they're um, they're like baseline models, like four hundred bucks, and they can be like five, six hundred because you know they're stents, right? Yeah, yeah. So, uh, maybe I should give them. I maybe I should give them a shout out. Uh, they can send me some airway stents and I can review them. You know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but yeah, like I think that's that's super important. Now, just to kind of like round out the episode, and again, Mark, there's I one really one obvious the one thing that I want to mention, Omar, which might be obvious, but I, I'm finding it's not so obvious to some people. What's that? Turn off your phone and keep it out of your bedroom. It's not obvious. Tell us why. I, well, because. I, I yeah, if you, you turn off your phone and keep it out of your bedroom. You're sleeping. You don't want to be awakened by things. You, yeah. Your mind's always like, because unconscious mind is there knowing that it could at some point be awakened by some type of notification. And I know that some people, um, some people feel like the the risk of missing a phone call is higher than the reward of having a good night's sleep without being awoken. For me. I honestly can't think of only a handful of times can I think maybe less than a handful, of, maybe not even one comes to mind where I'm so happy I kept my phone on that night because I got this one phone call. I, I, I totally agree. And like, this is something that um, I, I'm playing around with, but I'm trying to change. It hasn't made that big an effect, but like I do, I used to sleep with my phone outside the room. I sleep with the phone in the room now only because sometimes when I'm laying in bed, I'm using like headspace and this other thing just, to, you know, to guide me through some meditation. But as soon as I'm done, you know, the phone's like kind of uh, next, next to my nightstand. I take the phone and I put it into one of those, um, 
uh, Wi-Fi blocking pouches. Oh yeah, which is completely turned off. It can't like can't receive any signals. And I take that and then I throw it underneath my bed or underneath the uh, um, uh, night sense, so I can't like see it, can't hear it. Like it doesn't do anything, you know. But I completely agree that like if if your phone is on and close to you within reach, and you know subconsciously, you know it's it's an option for your mind to go and play with, right? Yeah, it's also, also you could be woken up. At any point, you, you, there's a potential that you could be woken up. So the mind's kind of like maybe not completely relaxed because you could be woken up by the phone. A hundred percent. And Mark, I definitely want to have you. you you're definitely going to be a repeat guest because there's so many different topics for us to go through. But you know, the last thing is, um, you know, if you can walk us through uh, waking up in the morning, you know, and just in the last like five, ten minutes we got, what um, – what are your must do's and must not do's first? Let's say the first 30 minutes upon waking. Yeah. I think a must not do is grab your phone for everybody. Don't grab your phone. Why? Um, because you, you get started on it, right? And you, oh, you got text message. Oh, you got your Instagram account. Oh, you got emails to, and you're already, you're already into the day. You're, you, your intention as all your intention and attention has already been taken over. You mm. know, that, that could be the rest of the day, just reacting to stuff. So I definitely don't recommend that. I recommend that when you wake up, that you do something intentional for you, like whatever's important for you. So I've worked with entrepreneurs. Some of them like to grab a coffee, get straight to work. I like to do some do some like scripture reading and prayer because that's just important to me to do first, to get it done first. Some people like to meditate. Some people like to go out, work out. I think... What I would recommend to anyone listening to this is you be intentional about what you want to do in your morning. That's what mm -hmm. I would recommend. Versus getting into a reactive state. Because I think the argument, and I can I can already hear some of my the reps, my audience is like, well, my intention is like, I know I want to get to work and I think that's true. But again, you're not, you don't control what's coming up on your phone because you're going to turn it. the phone on and there might be random notifications from an app, emails, everything. So like every morning, you're just putting yourself into this reactive state. You know? Yeah, if you want to get to work straight away, great. But be intentional about what that work is, that needle work. Exactly. Yeah. No, I, I I completely agree. And then, um, you know, kind of a small thing, but like, what's your take on like, uh, like what you eat and drink in the morning? I'm I'm very big just because of uh, you know, when you wake up, your adenosine receptors haven't completely worn off, so like, no caffeine for me the first like hour and a half or two, while upon waking, but. For you, like, what's your protocol recommendations for for entrepreneurs? You know, in terms of what you know, their waking state. Get get hydrated. So ah, get hydrated. And 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 what specific? So aside from the water, do you recommend anything in the water? Yeah, I recommend electrolytes. Yeah, I recommend um, drinking electrolyte water. So um, there's a couple of brands I like, and there's one. What's it called? Gosh, there's there's one that's uh, liquid drops. In the water that you can put in protect oh what are they called protect is one the one that i i started trying out that i like that's a good uh it's good salt so salt in the morning you know is definitely important as part of those electrolytes is uh l uh i think it is lmnt Okay. Yeah. LMNT. Yeah. I, I see what they did. I, I always looked at it. I never like read it out. Like it's, it's cause it's element, but yes. LMNT is really good for those. So, so shout out, shout out to our homie, uh, King Keto. Um, 
<laughs> oh yeah, he gave you he gave yeah, you some yeah, the chocolate one, right? Was it the chocolate one? No, no, he gave me the one that he hates. Oh, okay. Like, you want to just try this? He's like, he's like, I, you may like it, and I love it. Mango <laughs> chili, the mango chili. So, and for those you know, worried again, there's some people who get too neurotic about like, oh, it's got this kind of thing. I'm like, look, just take it easy. Not everything's gonna kill you, but like. Uh, it's all salt and everything, and it's got natural mango flavor, natural chili flavor. So that's that's fine. But like, yeah, I love that. There's something about drinking something mango and spicy in the morning that I just I absolutely love it. But you know, I grew up on the border, so like I love that kind of stuff. Perfect. You know, Perfect. him not so much. He was just he he does not he really does not like the mango chili. King Keto for all your all your mango chili, just you know, gift it to me. I'll take it. You know. Awesome. Yeah. So Mark, just to kind of wrap, wrap things up again, thanks for coming on the show and sharing all this. I'm leaving some great resources in the show notes for our audience. Um, where can people follow you? And if, if, the, if there's a, you know, executive, a VP, a director who's listening to the show and they, they want to get your help, like, do you do the, do you do the uh, one-on-one coaching? How, how, how does it work if people want to get a hold of you and work with you? Yeah. If somebody wants, um, Someone's interested to want to have a free coaching call to discuss the situation and some strategies that they could do to increase their energy, focus, productivity, then they could go to my website, superchargedentrepreneurs.com forward slash apply. That's superchargedentrepreneurs.com forward slash apply. If you're interested in um, meditation, that's one of the things I teach. You can go to superchargedentrepreneurs.com forward slash meditate. There's a specific focus meditation and um, you can download um, a little guide on how to do it and i really recommend that to someone who's struggling to focus if they're feeling like they're distracted all the time or they're overwhelmed that is a great place to start superchargeentrepreneurs.com forward slash meditate or if someone just wants to see some more of my content get to know me a bit better you can go to my instagram at mark dharma you can go to my youtube channel mark dharma on youtube or you can add me on linkedin if you want to talk on linkedin that's right. You're active on LinkedIn. There now, you right? go. You're active on LinkedIn. Thanks to you, Omar. Thank you. No, absolutely. I appreciate that you that you you did that too. But yeah, man. I mean, look, love love your content. Uh, really, really good stuff. And I think you're definitely on the cutting edge because, like, for people like you and I, like this stuff is kind of like common now. We're like, oh, we were used yeah. to. But for the large majority of the professional workforces, which is why I wanted you on my show, like a lot of the stuff, like they they just don't think about. You know, I think that a lot of professionals out there are being conditioned by really, really bad habits, very, very bad habits. And I think a lot of people are limiting themselves in terms of what they can achieve and do because of that. You know, well, so usually too busy to even think about this stuff. Uh, yeah. <laughs> you know, so it's good to have this conversation. It's funny, Mark, like I remember I was, I was talking to one of my um, colleagues, like uh, this is a, before I even started my own business. But I told him, I was like, you know, I, I want This is back when I was interested in climbing the corporate ladder and becoming a VP and whatever and CEO. But I said, like, man, I don't know if I want to, I don't, you know, some of these execs that I see that have, you know, made really, really good money and everything, you know, they're in their 50s and 60s and their family lives are a wreck. They look like absolute trash. They're like overweight. They look terrible. They just look like, they, they look like they've aged 30s. I'm like, I don't know if I want to trade for that. Like, I don't think, I don't, I don't think I'm getting a good deal. Like, it's like, okay, on the, uh, you know, I make a bunch of money and get some, you know, wealth, but on the other side, like I've wrecked my family life and my marriage and I look like trash. Like that doesn't sound like a good deal to me, you know? <laughs> so. It's not a good deal. That's why it's important that, you know, um, that people like yourself, Omar, keep sharing like strategies, 
um, ways of ways of eating, ways of sleeping, ways that you can um, improve not just your health but your whole life. You know, your relationships and so forth. So I really appreciate you sharing these types of things on this um, call because, like the CEOs and you know the executives you talk about, they didn't know anything out. They didn't know any better. They just did what what they had to do. You know. A hundred percent, man. hundred percent. Well, for those listening, be sure to check the show notes for all those great resources. Mark, thank you so much for going on the show. This has been another episode of the State of MedTech. If you haven't already, like look at these insane guests. Like what other MedTech show brings a high performance coach on their show? Only this one. So be sure to subscribe to the show. That way you get updates and notifications on all our great guests. But also, hey, we're number one for reasons because I badger you all to give us a five-star review. If you haven't done it already, shame on you. Give us a five-star review. It takes two seconds, one on Spotify, one on Apple, write a review. That's We're the number one show for a reason, okay? I'm your host, Omar Khatib. We'll see you all next time. Bye for now. Thank you for enjoying another epic episode of The State of MedTech. If you're feeling inspired and love this episode, do us a favor, hit that subscribe button and turn notifications on so you never miss an episode. And be sure to give us five stars and write a short review because that helps more people discover this amazing community of ours. If you're a company who has a executive that you'd like to be on the show or perhaps you want to sponsor one of the episodes, shoot us an email at hello at Take care and we'll see you next time.